Chapter 14 What are you guys doing here? James asked. I thought you were checking on Claudia. We were, Jenny said. She's awake now and talking. But not fully better, Elf added. But she is back at home now, and we were going to ask you what you were doing here. Notel jumped from Jenny's arms to James' shoulder and gave his ear a squeeze. He suddenly felt bad for sneaking off with the key. Then he remembered the Mega Grotto. I was just investigating this place. He tried to sound confident. Seems quite safe. Then why were you running away from us? Jenny asked. And why did you leave the key in the door? James couldn't think of an answer to that, so he tried a question. How did you find me? We took Claudia back to Elf's, and when we got there, No-Tail was waiting. He seemed worried in a squirrely way. Jenny looked at James. I think he was worried about you. He took us straight to the clock tower and then through the tunnels to here. I'm fine, James said quickly. We should probably get back above ground. It's nearly dinner time. To James's relief, they all agreed with him. No-Tail led them back the way they came, which was the opposite way to where James thought they should go. The girls told him that when Claudia woke up, she warned them against dealing with Lord Ratzenberg. She said he was evil and that you couldn't trust him at all, and that he doesn't just hate pigeons, seagulls and cats, but humans too, Jenny went on, and that the sewers are more dangerous than just Lord Ratzenberg. You can get lost and trapped down here, and there's other creatures that would not be friendly if they saw us walking around. James thought about the Hollingbury raiders. They must be fearsome creatures. He picked up the pace a little, though it was difficult on the narrow wooden walkways. No-Tail seemed to know exactly where to go. Each time they passed the tunnel, it would sniff and either choose it or take them past. They got to a locked iron gate. Shall we see if the key unlocks this one, he asked. It's got a squiducken on it. All three of the others looked at him blankly. You know, he said nonchalantly, one of those. He pointed at the squiducken on the gate. This one was formed around the lock, with the keyhole as its mouth. Is that what they're called? Elf asked. I didn't know. It's the same as on the key. Take a look. Jenny took the key out and compared. She swapped it to the other hand and pushed it into the keyhole, or tried to. Notel sprang from James's shoulder and performed a perfect flying kick on Jenny's hand before she could turn the key. Okay, she said. I won't unlock it. She took out the key and put it back in her pocket. So how did you find this place? she asked James. And how do you know that that thing is a skidokan? Squidducken, James sighed. All right. Wilf and Aby gave me the idea this morning. I would have told you, but... He looked at Elf. You didn't want me around? Elf said. Because of the mega grotto? James said nothing, but it was true. He just walked on in silence. He felt tired again and wished he was back home. After a few more minutes, No-Tail started acting strangely. It pulled on his ear, then danced on his shoulder, then pulled his ear again. Then it jumped down onto the walkway and ran off ahead, disappearing into the blackness of the sewer. What was all that about? James turned to ask the girls and saw a dim light behind them. His heart quickened and he thought again about the Hollingbury Raiders. Come on, he hissed to the others. Let's get moving. Halt! A voice called out. It was right in front of them. James spun round and didn't see its owner for a second. Then a creature walked into their torchlight. It was a rat, probably. It was larger than any rat James had ever seen, as big as a cat, bigger even. 
and it was standing on two legs, and it was wearing crude leather armour and a leather cap, and it was carrying a spear, no, not a spear, a pike. This is my tunnel, you trespassers, and that means you are in big trouble, the rat thing said. It pointed its pike at them, and not in a friendly way. I'm taking you prisoner, unless you'd rather die right here. None of the children spoke. Hoy! Another voice came from behind them. Whoever had been carrying the dim light had now caught up with them. What do you think you're doing? This is my tunnel. James twisted round and saw three more rat things, all in similar armour, but with axes, not pikes. The middle one was resting his axe on the ground. The one on his right had two axes in its hands and was swinging them restlessly back and forth. I think you'll find these are my prisoners. They're coming with me, the rat with the pike said. James turned back. The rat went on. Go find your own prisoners. You'll not have mine. Now, now, we can resolve this amicably, the middle axe rat said calmly. You just need to speak to the axe. The rat with the two axes pushed off the walkway with remarkable speed and, both axes in hand, scurried across the tunnel wall next to the children. It seemed to be able to grip the wall with just its back feet. James saw the metal of one of the axe heads flash past his right eye, barely an inch away. The attack was a blur of axes and rat scrabbling. But the first rat was even quicker with its pike. With two flicks, almost lazy movements, it disarmed the attacker. Then it twirled the pike around with one hand and swept the other rat off the walkway. It landed in the water with a splash, made a pitiful squealing sound and scurried back to its friend. Anyone else want a piece of me? The pike wielder asked lightly. Come now, the axe rat leader pleaded. Three's too many for one rat. Even one as fine as yourself. Let us have one, the little one. Elf shuffled closer to Jenny. I tell you what, the rat with the pike said. If you can help me deliver them to Lord Ratzenberg, I'll give you half of what the little one fetches. Lord Ratzenberg? You don't want to be dealing with him. The axe rat shook its head. He'll kill the prisoners and throw you in this dungeon. You want to take him to King Pigeon? He'll pay double and in gold. I'll not be dealing with a filthy bird. They're my prisoners. It's my decision. Yes, but if we're to get half the little one, I want a big half, if you get my meaning. How about we get most of the way to Ratzenberg? Then you let us take the little one, and we'll bring you half back of what the pigeon gives us? How do I know you'll bring me my half back? The rats kept on negotiating until it seemed like they were coming to an agreement. Right, prisoners. Get down where I can keep an eye on you, the rat with the pike ordered. The children climbed down to the edge of the water. The four rats looked down on them, ready to take them to a rat and a pigeon. James had a thought. Excuse me, he said. It would be better for all of you to take us to the Empress of the Six Dials. We have news about her cousin that she'll pay for, and she's rich. You what? If you're working with the cat, the bird'll pay triple, the axe leader said. That solves it. Take them all to King Pigeon. I'll not deal with cat nor bird, the rat with the pike shouted. They're all coming with me to Lord Ratzenberg. He swung his pike at the axe leader, who dodged and hissed back. Another axe rat chopped at the pike, but was too slow, and took the butt of the pike in his chest with a thump. James pushed the others away from the fight. They slowly moved away, then turned and ran. 
splashing and stumbling along the water's edge. The noise of the fight behind them, axe on pike, hissing and scratching. Then a shout. They're getting away! James switched on his torch and saw a squidduckan gate up ahead. The key! he called to Jenny. She pulled it out of her coat and pushed it into his hand. He shoved it in the lock and turned it and pushed the metal hard. The hinges creaked and it opened. He scrambled through and pulled Jenny and they were safe. He went to pull the gate closed and saw the rat with the pike on the other side. He was grinning at James while he held the sharp point of the pike right under Elf's chin.